This is a Need 10 Media production. Welcome back aboard, my friends. It's Nate Clayberg, and in episode three, we're going to continue to hear my story. This was a story I thought would take one episode, not more than two, but here we are into three, and this is where I hope uh, it can stop. So we can get on to hearing from some uh, people other than me about their career adventures and the work that's out there that, again, maybe you didn't know what they are. There's jobs, careers, there's work out there that uh, that people do, that people have, that... Uh, a lot of people don't really know about or even how in they got how they even got in those roles. So where I lift off episode one, we talked about my part time uh, my part time jobs uh, growing up uh, since I was fourteen, uh, then getting into being a, a husband and and becoming a dad, and then uh, actually being fired from a position uh, uh, in college athletics in a, in an area that I thought I was very passionate about, but I know it was a world that I had a lot of fun in. I met a lot of great people along the way. Uh, and there's names that I could go through, and I'm going to miss one. Uh, but they are people that I still stay in touch with today uh, that are very uh, valuable people in my life, and, and even some that maybe frustrated me along the way. But uh, it, it showed me a, a life out there uh, that exists away from broadcasting, that exists away from, uh, from athletics, uh, things I majored in or uh, studied in school. And this is something that I... I I stress or preach to the students I work with today and even adults that I work with that it's okay to see what else is out there. I can tell you when I went to Iowa State, I wanted to be in radio. I didn't go to the career fairs. I didn't go to the career center uh, or career services to get any sort of assistance. I knew what I wanted. I knew radio stations weren't going to be at that uh, that job fair, that career fair. Uh, but I wish I would have. I wish I would have just went, put the suit on, took some resumes, Walked over and talked to recruiters, uh, executives, learn more about companies, learn more about what jobs are out there. As I will continue to say in this podcast and in the work I do, it's not about the job. It's not about the title. It's not about what the career or the career name is. What I encourage people to do is to figure out who they are and discover what work fits them. What work are they wired to do? That's that's what it, uh, this follows into. All right. Leaving the world of college athletics, and this is something that uh, I start figuring out what opportunities are out there. And, and like I did say, there was a few opportunities along the way. And this was 2008. And if you're old enough to remember 2008 or were born, uh, or, 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 or born before 2008, uh, that was kind of the housing crisis, the Great Recession. There were companies closing their doors, cutting jobs, and I was trying to find a job. So Tim Fink, uh, who is a graduate of the University of Northern Iowa, he was an intern for me in athletics, was working for a company called Shorts Travel. So you are not familiar with Shorts Travel, but you have benefited from their work, I guarantee, if you are an NCAA basketball fan. They are the company that organizes the travel for all the teams in the NCAA tournaments. And this is a company based in Waterloo, Iowa, and Tim was working uh, out of Kansas City for that office, and he knew I was in need of something uh, because this was something along the way I had helped Tim. And Tim saw it in himself to help me because I had helped him uh, as a mentor. It was kind of a role reversal. So he got me an interview as a, as a, as a business travel sales executive, 
and I got the job. I pretty much had the job. It was pretty much guaranteed because he gave me a great recommendation. But I entered that world, and I had that job for two weeks. I actually had I worked for a week, and then actually took a week off, and went to Florida, still overseeing our spirit squads at UNI. Uh, they asked if I'd still do that work, and shorts travel said fine, but I wasn't going to get paid for it. And came back uh, for another week after finding out uh, that la- that week that I got another job offer for another place I'd interviewed. This is another time along the way that I feel horrible. And it ate at me for a number of years uh, before I made amends with Tim uh, when we met up in Kansas City where, where he lives and, and uh, you know, kind of buried the hatchet. Because I know it really had upset him because he went to bat for me. And I can totally relate because I've gone to bat for people too and, and have seen stuff like this as well. Looking back now, that would have been an interesting world to get into. I love to travel. I love, uh, you know... Uh, learning more about how that, that, that world works in the world of travel. Uh, but, you know, it, I remember also being told uh, to Tim, he said, I probably would have been maybe laid off or especially had my, uh, my salary reduced because it was a way. People were cutting back on business travel and that expense and the Great Recession. Uh, so maybe things did work out. Don't know. It would have been interesting still to, still to be a part of that world because uh, uh, it looked very exciting to be a part of. I left that job, uh, I think, on a Friday and started on a Tuesday uh, at a hospital system here in northeast Iowa uh, in the fundraising area. Sartori Hospital is a small uh, hospital in, in Cedar Falls, Iowa, and was brought in to help with their fundraising and, and some of their special events. This uh, was a world that, again, made some, met some great people along the way, and, um, but I realized it wasn't for me. Great place to work. The, the work was needed, uh, was, was making the money I needed, but I didn't enjoy it. So that started making me think, okay, what else is out there? And as I started looking and, and talking to people, uh, because now I was away from a campus, there was a whole other world out there that I had not experienced uh, that uh, now was being opened to me. I had somebody come up to me at an event I was at, and they were asking about my new work, and, and uh, they invited me to look at a position uh, in economic development. And I said, what's economic development? I knew what a chamber of commerce was. I was familiar with that term. But economic development, I thought chambers and economic development were the same thing, the same office. I didn't understand. Uh, they said, no, I could see you doing that work. And I said, what are you talking about? Why is this the first that I'm hearing that? And somebody's telling me that I could see you doing that work. That just goes back to what I was talking about of discovering the work that you're wired to do. And this is where sometimes you can lean on people that uh, are your peers, uh, maybe not even closest to you, but they watch you and they see how you work on projects or with people or things like that. They start having their opinions and seeing how you could fit into areas maybe you don't know you could even fit in yourself. So, uh, I applied for a position to run the executive. I was executive director of the uh, Buchanan County Economic Development Office. Uh, and this is where I started leaning on my, my connections I had to try and at least get that interview, if not get that job. Um, this was a job that uh, uh, I was a one-person shop. Uh, Buchanan County uh, has uh, its very rural. Uh, Independence is the county seat. It has about 6,000 people in it. And... Uh, it's the first job and the only job. I walked in, had my own office, and they handed the keys and said, all right, have a good day. 
There was no guidance. There was no, here's the manual. Here's no training. I had to figure it out. And that's when I started going through emails, going through folders, looking for people I could talk to to learn what is this. There was something in uh, in me that uh, the search committee uh, saw. Todd Rolfson, who was president of Farmer State Bank, Brian Eddy, who was a local attorney, um, they had uh, uh, they saw something in me to give me that opportunity to see how I could help grow the county and, and help with businesses. As I got into that and learned about training programs uh, from uh, from some colleagues and connections that I had along the way. Uh, with the uh, University of Oklahoma's Economic Development Institute, with the Heartland um, Economic Development uh, Training Program that the University of Northern Iowa runs. Uh, started seeing this as a career and what that work was. So if you don't know what economic development is, and everybody maybe has their own definition of it, but I can tell you no one sets out to be in economic development. They all seem to fall into it. It was making connections for people. It was helping businesses, helping communities, uh, helping people find jobs communicating, marketing, all the things that I, the kind of work that I love to do and thought this is what I want to do. And being there for four and a half years, uh, had some had some company growth, unfortunately had some companies close, but I started seeing this workforce challenge uh, back in 2011 where I had companies saying they can find people but they can't find workers. And that quote has stuck with me since then of realizing there was going to be a shift, especially with the baby boomers that were coming out of the workforce and have continued to come out of the workforce and, and even accelerated here after the pandemic or during and after the pandemic or the heat of the pandemic, um, that we needed to figure this out. And it was something no one really wanted to talk about back then because companies wanted, governments and people want, and communities want businesses to grow and add jobs. And it's hard to add jobs when you can't find people to be in those jobs. And that was something that I was struggling with. So as we went along, there was a, a regional group, uh, the Greater Cedar Valley Alliance and Chamber, now called Grow Cedar Valley. Uh, I had Lisa Scooble, who was uh, the economic development uh, uh, lead uh, for that group, reach out to me, along with uh, the uh, CEO, President CEO at the time, Steve Dust. Wondered if I'd be interested in coming on board uh, with a, an existing business uh, position to work with existing companies and helping them along the way. And, and I thought, well, this is my pathway. And I thought, I'm going to I want to run a bigger organization someday, not just the one person shop. Took the job and uh, uh, was there two years. Uh, got into that, met some great people along the way, just like I had in Independence. Uh, but it was a job that I realized uh, didn't quite fit uh, me personally and the direction and the work that that was taking place. So I thought I got to figure some things out. Along the way, I met some really cool people in the world of entrepreneurship. And in, in, in Waterloo, Cedar Falls, Iowa, uh, I would say innovation wasn't always the ideal. Uh, John Deere, uh, the tractor company, John Deere Green, they make the largest agricultural tractors uh, in Waterloo, Iowa. And there's a very big healthcare presence, and then the university presence as well. So innovation or entrepreneurship um, wasn't really supported as much as maybe it, it, it could be, uh, but it was starting to peak uh, with a gentleman by the name of Trace Stefan, and that's a guy that I'm going to get on here as well. And he piqued uh, an interest uh, of mine and then my colleague Danny Lodick uh, about entrepreneurship and the opportunities. But along the way, as I was seeing this, it started piquing my interest of having me do my own thing. 
become a consultant, become an entrepreneur. And uh, in July of 2016, that's what I did. I began a, a company called Need 10 Solutions. And the idea for Need 10 was if you need, ten, what would you do if, uh, if, you, if you had uh, uh, an extra 10 hours a week? Uh, what, what could you do with it? And that was kind of the basis and theory for what I was going to get into. And, and turned out, hindsight, um, that was a little more struggling than I thought. So as I was prospecting clients uh, and projects to get into before I was going to jump ship, um, I, I saw opportunities. And one key one uh, is a good friend of mine, BJ uh, Collins. And uh, he knew I was looking for something else, that I wasn't necessarily engaged in the work that I was doing. So he invited me uh, to come on board as a contractor and help him with some marketing and some organization. And, uh, you know, he'll be one that I want to get on as well because he's had quite a, a pathway from construction uh, to, to running business and developing real estate and things like that that he's had now. Uh, but uh, that was interesting, transitioning into being a contractor and kind of running my own thing, figuring out self-employment taxes, paying bills, not having benefits, uh, some bumps along the way. Uh, it wasn't always easy uh, at home either. Uh, when I got into athletics, that was hard. Uh, games were at nights and weekends. My wife takes call. We had young kids. There were some stressful moments there. Uh, even when I was uh, in graduate school, I also drove up to Charlottesville, Virginia a couple days a week uh, to intern at the University of Virginia uh, so I could see beer on Division One football. Uh, that was expense out of my own, out of our own pocket. That was going out. My wife struggled with that. Hindsight, I totally understand. Uh, especially when I wanted to get into college athletics and go to grad school, uh, there were some deep conversations there. And when I went on my own to my, run my own business, um, she supported me. But I think uh, there was still some struggling understanding. Why don't you just go get a job? And there were days that I thought maybe I should just go get a job. But as it went along, BJ supported me, uh, I, I would say, and we'd have this conversation, it wasn't easy uh, to, to, to do that work because I was trying to figure out how I can fill my time and find the work that uh, I, I was meant to do and wired to do. Uh, there was tasks and things that, that I did for Home Indeed and, and for that construction business. I think moved the needle a little bit, but I do pay a debt of gratitude for BJ for helping me uh, get out of the W-2 world that I was in and, and move me forward here as I'm almost five and a half, almost six years into, uh, into this being an entrepreneur, believe it or not. So as I went along, I took on some different projects uh, for some different companies, some small, some big. Uh, started doing some sales training and other training uh, for Hawkeye Community College. That I would do that for businesses. But when I worked at Buchanan County Economic Development, I also had a state retirement program that I thought I was vested in. And this is where you start getting into looking at uh, money you're going to need when you're 65 and realized I was not vested. And in talking to the people at the state, realized I needed to get another two and a half years vested in. And it turns out I just need to get a paycheck uh, from uh, uh, IPERS is what it's called, employer, uh, for two and a half years. Okay, so what do I do? Get my school bus driving license to substitute school bus drive, routes, activities. My kids were going to some of these activities anyway. And I thought, why not? This could be fun. Uh, and I still do it today, not as much as I used to, uh, but I think I studied more for that school bus driving license and certification than I think I maybe ever did in anything I did in school or anything. So 
But it's the only job when I uh, am done with it, I don't have to worry about it anymore. You show up, you do the work, and you go home. But along the way, not just driving bus, uh, I had uh, a group from the city of Waterloo reach out, uh, Mayor Hart. Uh, he'd be another interesting one to get on. Uh, there was a shortage of workers, youth workers, uh, from one of the employers. And uh, they had gotten a grant to try and see how they could put together a teen, uh, youth teen jobs program that we end up calling Teen Impact. Along the way is where I started to see that it wasn't just about filling jobs. Because we thought, well, let's just have job fairs. Let's connect these kids with these jobs. But come to find out, high school kids, and even adults, don't know how to have a job or what they need to be in a job. And it opened my eyes to a, a, a group of, of people and population that uh, don't know where their birth certificate is, don't know if they have a social security number, don't have transportation to get to work. Uh, don't have someone who even can drive them to work. Don't have the clothes to uh, to get to work. It's like, how do you uh, prepare these people to work if they don't have the foundations to even get them to that point? So that started opening my eyes to that world. And in the meantime, I had my former high school principal, who is now uh, one of the top people at the Cedar Falls School District, uh, reach out to me. Uh, knew I had left uh, my economic development world, but he knew I had a lot of connections in this area with businesses. And want to know if I could come on and consult with their school and connect businesses and education together with a program called CAPS. I said, what's CAPS? Well, if you know me, you know uh, I'm kind of tied to that uh, in this world. It's called the Center for Advanced Professional Studies. And it's a program that takes kids outside the high school, uh, puts them in professional environments where they work on projects, get a chance to uh, explore careers, make connections. And I thought, wow, I want to be a part of this. Sorted in as a, kind of a part-time contract today. It's a full-time contract that uh, goes from uh, 2017 and when this began uh, with 13 student associates, as we call them, to now serving uh, almost 275 through eight school districts in Northeast Iowa, plus supporting another three school districts uh, in, in Northwest Iowa uh, with our CAPS program and, and part, being a part of the CAPS network and Corey Moan and Greg Brown, a couple guys that I'd love also to get on this uh, on a podcast to hear their stories. You know, part of 76 programs in 21 states and uh, three countries uh, that does this kind of work, profession-based learning, uh, bringing uh, businesses to education to try and, and fit that need for having professionals in our workforce. So as I started doing this work, this is where the Career Adventure Academy came along. And started seeing the opportunities to not just help the CAPS students, but other students, other individuals, uh, try and, and see how I can help them discover the work they're wired to do. And this all kind of happened organically. Uh, there was people that saw what I was doing and asked, how can I help them? I had people ask, could you help my husband? Could you help my child? Could you help me? Uh, it didn't matter if they were 18 or 44, or I think I even had one that was in their 50s. Uh, help them try and figure out uh, what pathway they can be on. So that's where we're at today with this Career Adventure Academy and then uh, a good friend and a colleague that I met only five years ago, uh, Ethan Weekman, who runs our CAPS program in the Cedar Falls, Cedar Valley area. Uh, him and I came together to build uh, the purpose of this program, but we also got asked to help coordinate uh, for the CAPS network uh, some summer uh, courses or uh, summer training and, and conference here during uh, when we were in the world of online here in the last few years. And we created a, a company called Preparing for Purpose that focuses on the kind of work we do, especially tied to education and how we connect to business and education together. Uh, we'll put some of these links here in the show notes so you can check out uh, those worlds. But um, 
where does this go? Where do I go from here? As this one's running a little longer than I'd like, uh, but I'm not going to get into a fourth episode on uh, on me. I want to get into somebody else. Uh, podcast is going to continue. Uh, there's a, a good friend of mine that uh, I met along the way in my entrepreneurial uh, development journey, Aaron Post. He is another one I'm going to get along. Uh, that he is kind of a serial entrepreneur and has a lot of successes in so many different facets, but uh, key into software and marketing. Uh, he said to me, he goes, what, uh, what do you want your business to be? And, and how do you want to get there and, and what timeline? And I started thinking, okay, I want to create a content and training program and, uh, that I can offer to anyone, anywhere. So that's kind of my mission of, of where I want to go is uh, also my personal mission of guiding students to their next steps after graduation. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, there's a purpose to it. Uh, that, I, that I enjoy and will continue to build on and maybe get a chance to speak on uh, and, and build even more connections along the way. What's my future after that? I don't know. Me driving a school bus has now had me interested in my retirement gig of driving uh, at, at Walt Disney World. We're big Disney fans now. Uh, driving the bus or driving one of those boats at Disney World. I figure if I can get to that point... And I'm doing that kind of work. Financially, we're set. And um, we've got the time and freedom to do that type of thing. See where things go. And then I've talked through being a, becoming a husband, becoming a dad, and dare I say a grandfather someday. Hopefully not soon. Hopefully not soon. Hopefully my kids are listening to this. Anyway, thank you for being on this journey. And please subscribe. Please share this podcast. It's called That's a Job. It's on Spotify. It's on Overcast, on Apple Podcast, and also anywhere else you get your podcast. The That's a Job podcast is presented by Career Adventure Academy. Discover the work you are wired to do. Live your adventure. If you haven't done so already, hit subscribe to enjoy future episodes. Build your career adventure at nateclayberg.com. Production assistance provided by Bill Jordan voiceovers. Visit billjordanvo.com. This podcast is a Need 10 Media production.